When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. Yes, sir. I'm still in here. I don't know if those other guys are getting their, they're getting their headphones right. We're trying to see, figure everything out. But this is Preston Thorne with Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark, Gamecock Takeover. Wes, can you hear me? Mike, check one, two. I can kind of hear you. All right. I think, I think we're good. All we're right. having some struggles there. So, I, Tyler, I didn't hear anything you said, man. But um, Good thing you didn't. <laughs> the, uh, the Gamecocks in the playoffs is where I want to start. I don't, I don't know if that's where we started. but That's not where we started, but that's a, that's okay, a great I was just place taking, to start. I was it. taking a wild guess. That's uh, a great place to start. Last, it's, last week we were just talking about that, and we had the conversation of whether or not Israel Mukwamu was on our roster. And uh, it's hard to <laughs> replay it, but we kept saying Izzy, and I thought I was saying, Chris was referring to his nickname, Izzy, and I was saying the question, is he? And we had about a... Who's we had about a minute? Who's on first sort of conversation of what we were actually talking about? But he was on TV a lot, and it was interesting watching him play. And it's sort of I don't know what most Gamecocks fans feel, but when you see Gamecocks on on the NFL, it's like oh, there's a, there's our guy. You know, you always happy about happy about seeing that. But when you see guys that were. Uh, mainstays of the last regime. <laughs> There's like a a tinge of it's not regret, but it's like man, we could have we could have really been a lot better than we were. It's a bittersweet for you. Is I that think the, I, the right word? That's probably that's probably correct. That's probably okay. correct. You, do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Like when I see those guys, I mean, you know, you looking at was looking around the NFL. Uh, the one that surprised me most was Keyshawn Nixon. His yeah. newfound spot as a specialist. Dude. When did that happen? Why? Why? Somebody tweeted out there like uh, Devin Hester. <laughs> I don't Keyshawn know. He's found, he's found himself a niche in the NFL. That's all you need to do in the league is to find yourself a spot. And he seems to have had it, but we just didn't see that guy here. And it's just amazing. And so, yeah, I think bittersweet is actually is the word that you use when you see some of those guys. And you're like, man, we had a lot of, we were obviously talented, which leads to, the previous stats ability to recruit 
Um, we had the guys here that were NFL guys. They obviously we didn't get those numbers when they were playing, but it's always interesting. So you had Israel Kwamu. Obviously, you had uh, Debo doing Debo things. The uh, so you look at those guys, man. Debo, Debo is the one that I go back to, and he is every bit as good of an NFL player as far as like, you know, you, you never know what's going to kind of translate and what's not. And the play Debo had on Saturday where catches the ball, makes a guy miss, and then is just gone. He turned the Jets on. He, just, he said, oh, I'm a shift. Yeah, just gone. He hit and, turbo. Yeah, and so you, you don't know, you know, I always think it's interesting, especially trying to evaluate guys. You see a high school player run away from a high school defense and you say to yourself, all right, does he still catch that angle against a college defense? And then same deal. And I think we all knew Debo was going to be able to break some tackles. Like he's a running back. He's a wide receiver in a running back's body, basically, because he, he has that thickness to him. But even as as good as Debo was at making huge plays, I don't know if just pure speed is what you always thought. I always thought of Debo as like he's going to run through tackles. Now, if, if you leave it there, he's going to he's going to take it to the house against college defenses. We saw, I mean, the Jets are still there at the NFL level, and uh, along the same lines, of what you were thinking right after that play, I was like, man, that's awesome for Debo. Happy for him. Then I got to thinking, okay, Hayden Hurst is still in the league, uh, you know, playing for the Bengals. I'm like, that offense had Debo Samuel, Hayden Hurst, Shai Smith, Brian Edwards all lining up. And then with a the pretty underrated guy, Rico Daddle, in the backfield, who has still stuck around in the league with the Cowboys as well. And I think maybe some practice squad stuff. I don't follow it that closely, to be honest. But um, And then you had Jake Bentley, who came in as a extremely highly recruited quarterback still has some pretty big all-time numbers as far as Carolina's quarterbacks go point being you look back you're like man that offense the way it struggled at times under Kurt mind-boggling it's insane I went back and watched some old South Carolina Debo clips one day I'm not sure why maybe I was just in the mood to watch a guy score touchdowns Mm -hmm. and so the plays I watched several plays y'all remember every single one of these first play of the Kentucky game that year took a slant Ran away from a guy. The NC State game um, with the one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. I think... Absurd. I was going to say the best catch ever, but then I had to think about uh, Brian Edwards also. So. There's a few candidates yeah. there. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, Sidney mm-hmm. Rice, they all have submissions too. They were all right. Then, <laughs> Wes, to your point about running away from guys, so the three kick returns for Debo... Missouri game and NC State, it was like the same return, pretty much. Yeah, He yep. made a guy miss at the beginning, then ran down the sideline, completely blew past everybody. And then even the Ole Miss game, you remember, ball hits Eric Douglas, 2018, ball hits Eric Douglas. Debo picks it up. I'll just go score. And the kicker had an angle like 30 <laughs> yards away yeah. from him. And he, cu- he feigned this little comeback, and the kicker just like collapsed. <laughs> And he ran, <laughs> he ran for a touchdown. Dude was so good. It's uh, it, it's fascinating because it's you know he was kind of like I guess our little our secret here, 
and to watch the rest of the country sort of discover him and hear when you listen to nationwide broadcasts talk about him. And I, uh, I, I have to say though, I, I thought he would be good in the NFL. I don't think anybody would have predicted this though. At least, at least not me. Yeah, I think I'm with you, man. Like I, I thought he would stick. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I thought, stick for I sure. thought he would be like, yes, you know, maybe a number two, a number three receiver. Um, he's a dude, man. And they, this 49ers team is pretty interesting because they're they're doing it with a guy at quarterback who was Mister Irrelevant, and um, but they've they've been able to sort of just mix and match quarterbacks and still uh, with the skill guys they have, the scheme they have, the O line they have, the defense they have. Um. They 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 may be going back to the Super Bowl, man. I, I would I would love that for Debo. Um, this is a guy. The funny thing is, Debo has sort of not just on the field. I feel like Debo has come out of his shell off the field over the years, dating back to when he's at Chapman High and said like four words at his commitment ceremony. <laughs> and now, uh, my man's got his his swag. You would say. He definitely had. A, he definitely. I'm looking at a picture now. He definitely has on some Cartier shades in the locker room, as he's uh, speaking. Does a gradient lens, pretty pretty fresh. And Debo's a fashion guy. He's always he's always sort of been to that, but he never was a was a talker very often. So yeah. it's kind of cool to hear him. And you know, we got I got a chance to, to see Debo over the spring game. He was back in town, and we we kind of talked, and he was just saying how he was. <laughs> He's basically saying they're going to pay him first and foremost. <laughs> Before anything, he was saying they're going to pay him. And then after that, he was saying he really thought that that team was constructed in a way that he thought they could win. Now it's before they got CMC. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I always look at I look at Debo and CMC. They're like uh, mirrors of each other, basically. I, w- I was saying if you turn the receiver or running back dial one way or another – when you were creating those dudes, you would come out with one. So if you just turn the receiver dial up, you get Debo. If you turn the running back dial up, you get Christian McCaffrey. And I, but they're like the same guy. And to be able to have those dudes in a, in, a, in an offense where you can have these so unique weapons, I'm a I'm interested to see how this goes for the Forty Niners. Well, it's, it's interesting watching them because they they will do that. They'll huddle up and then. They'll have Debo in the backfield, and they'll have McCaffrey in the slot. And then the next play, they have them swapped out, uh, or then they'll have them both in the backfield. And it's like, you know, I don't really know how you treat that as a defensive coordinator. And to your point, I mean, it, it would there's an alternate reality somewhere where Debo is running back Debo Samuel, I feel like, and CMC is uh, receiver Christian McCaffrey. And probably both still had a great deal of success, I think, at, at the other positions. Uh, by the way, so you got Giants-Eagles this week, um, Cowboys-49ers, and then Jags at Chiefs, and Bengals at Bills. I feel like we've been shot into a time machine. Like, I feel like when I hear Cowboys and 49ers, I'm instantly, like, sent back to my childhood. Wow. And I'm like, where's Aikman? Where's Steve Young? Uh, Deion Sanders? Mm-hmm. Some Emmett Smith? Like, I, I feel like that was... That was a classic matchup in in my youth. Yeah, that that's that's definitely classic '90s football. We need Madden <laughs> on the game. That's definitely a Fox Fox special for sure. Uh, as I said, you know, 
check after your Cowboys fans, uh, friends who are Cowboys fans. They're probably hyperventilating after actually winning a playoff game. And, (laughs) you know, they're not used to having nice things. So check on them. There's so many of them. Do y'all know any Cowboys fans? Oh, yeah. 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 Just ask them. <laughs> you, you don't, don't have, have to. Ask to. Them. You don't have to. Ask you tell, them, yeah. You'll see it on their license plate, on their hats, the flags. Flags are flying it's in every, Columbia. It's everywhere. So, congratulations, Cowboys. You got one. Did y'all? By the way, here's a random stat for you. Talking about Keyshawn Nixon and his return exploits. Do you know how many returns he had at South Carolina in his <laughs> two years? He was a junior college guy. I'd have to put. I'd set it at zero. <laughs> um, but over I, under zero. I have to. But I don't remember. He, I don't remember him returning the ball at all. I remember him returning an interception for a touchdown. Does okay. that count? That does not count. Okay. No, that is unplanned. <laughs> then, I mean, except for by him. Did he, did he even did he have one? There, there there is a little bit of context. Let's be fair. Was there one that was kicked short and he just he he had three, three for no, forty five no, yards? No, he didn't. No. As a kick as a no. kick returner, no, yes, he sir. Didn't. That three did, that never happened. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Seriously, he had three. For 45 yards total kick returns in the 2018 season, which was his last. Now, a little bit of context, of course, like I said. Kick returner, of course, that year for South Carolina was Debo Samuel. Okay. So, yeah, we'll give him a pass. All right. Was that, was that the year, like, was Debo in there? Or was Debo, you just mean, was he available? Yes. No, Debo, in 2018, Debo. All the years run together at yeah, some point, y'all. Debo led. USC in kickoff return. He had 23 kickoff returns that year. Remember, A.J. Turner was back there. He had four. Shai Smith had one. Keyshawn Nixon had three. Kyle Markway somehow had four. <laughs> I guess he was the up, <laughs> He's the up, up man deck. catching those pop fly Rico kicks. Dottle had one. Danny Fennell, our buddy Danny Fennell, had two. Um, probably similar situation. Eric Douglas did not have one that year. He attempted. Poor E-Doug. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, now, the punt returner, okay, that year for South Carolina. Any guesses? 2018? I remember Shy being pretty pretty sure-handed and fearless, but I don't know if that's correct. And I don't know. See, I'm I'm falling down in my old age. These are the type things I used to pride myself see, on, these trivia-type things where age has a limit. you'd be like, hey, what's, who's the punt returner in, you know, 2001? I'd be like, that's Ryan Brewer, mm-hmm. dummy, of course. <laughs> But now, I don't know, man. Um, did uh, at one at one point Brian Evers was returning punts, but I feel like ding. Good call. Do we have a ding? Mm-hmm. Um, ding. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian Edwards. Now I don't know if this this may be incomplete. I'm pulling these actually from having a hard time finding punt return statistics from FootballDB.com, the football database. It says twelve returns for Brian Edwards. Could it be that they only had 12 returns all year? I, I actually could believe that. Okay. The, we're in the era of the um, fair catch, I feel yes. like. So 12 returns. So point is, Keyshawn Nixon, who has been one of the better return guys in the league, didn't didn't really and, – and in junior college, he was really good. He was like an all-NC – I always get this wrong – N-J-C-A-A – Selection as a, a special teams guy. Well, like okay, he, he I didn't, scored, he scored I didn't know touchdowns. that. Yeah. Okay. But he just, uh, I mean, they did have, I mean, you know, sit down, Debo. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, it. and sometimes that happens. And that's, it's just a testament to this. There's sometimes you can get into the NFL and find your spot 
but it's just always like, man, we had all of those dudes and whew. Then you look at some of the could have hads. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole show on that. Jair Alexander. Let's 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 do that coming back from the on the break because there's one person that I keep hearing their name and I'm like, I think that I know that name. So Yeah, we'll continue this conversation on the other side. Listen to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. I'm Tyler Head, he's Preston Thorne. Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark, you can hit us on the Firehouse Subs text line 803-404-6100. We'll be right back. Mix a little sports analysis, pop culture, and great interviews, and you've got the Rich Eisen Show podcast. Daniel Jeremiah here in the Prospect Stock Watch. You look at the draft order, who, who are you hearing first overall? To me, Bryce Young. I don't think he's for every team. I like the fact he could go to Houston and play in a dome. It's warm weather road games for the most part. That's an ideal environment for him. People ask for comparisons, and I said, yeah, if you left Aaron Rodgers in the dryer too long, you get Bryce Young. <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show podcast, wherever you listen. You say you'll never join the Navy, never live on a submarine, or power a ship with nuclear energy. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Learn why at Navy.com. America's Navy, forged by the sea. Smile. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell, on the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Again on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, Tyler, Preston, Wes, and Chris, along with you going until 12 o'clock. Preston, did you think of that uh, name, what you were thinking about before the break? Yeah, I did. I, I I have the name. And tell me if this name is, why do I know this name or where this person was on our recruiting depth chart or Arden Key. Oh, I was hoping you were going there. It was, do I, should I, should I have an attachment to that name? Yes, absolutely. Why? He was committed to South Carolina 14 different times. (laughs) Okay. All right. uh, Okay. Now I know why. All right. Let me give you the term. Yes. Re-decommitment. Re-decommitment. Yep. He was, he. So, so he committed. Uh huh. He decommitted. Uh huh. He committed. No, he he recommitted. Okay. Okay. Yep. Recommitted. Then he, <laughs> then he re-decommitted. Re-decommitted. <laughs> and where did where did he end up playing as college? Ellis. That's right. So now he's playing for Jacksonville. Obviously, opposite <laughs> of of Josh Allen, and um, they're tremendous. But I just keep hearing that name, and I'm like, I know that name for some reason, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's why. So what other Gamecock? Can y'all think, do y'all know of any other Gamecock commits that are caught a balling out right now? Or former, former going to be yeah. commits, yeah. free decommits? The, the, the biggest, probably the best example is Jai Alexander. Jair Alexander, corner from the Packers. Did he end up playing at Louisville? He did. Okay. So he's from Charlotte. 2015 class, South Carolina had one heck of a 2015 class lined up before Spurrier said some things. Um, and... Uh, so he was in that group, and I actually went out to his high school and did, like, a commitment announcement with him, like, on video back in the day, and it didn't last too awful long. He uh, ended up flipping to Louisville, became a first-round pick, Under, underrated guy, like, did not have a lot of offers in high school, uh, went to Rocky, uh, gosh, what's the name of that school? Not Rocky, it Rocky Mount? Mount? I was thinking Rocky Mount, but that's Sherrod Green. Okay. Rocky River. Okay. In Charlotte. Um, underrated dude, but we saw him in camp and was like, goodness, who is this guy? Yeah, ended up being a first-round pick, so that would have been a heck of a get for South Carolina. Well, South, South Carolina at that time, um, at, at one point in that class, they had 
Jair committed. They had uh, Damon Arnett committed, who ended up going to Ohio State, getting drafted from there. DB is these are all DBs. Grady Brown uh, had committed, and uh, Arnett ended up getting in some alleged trouble during his NFL time. But uh, Mark Fields, who was a high four star, ended up signing with Clemson. He was committed to South Carolina at one point, and um, that would have been who else was in that class? Uh, Rashad Fenton. Yep, Rashad Fenton was in that class. Who is still, I think, still playing. In the NFL a bit, but but yeah, they had some guys in that secondary class, and rumor has it that on one of the in homes, I think this was Fields, but don't quote me on this. Just us talking. Um, rumor has it on one of the in homes that um, one of the kids just wanted to know, hey, is Coach Grady Brown gonna like? Is he gonna be here during my time at South Carolina? And Spurrier said. Well, he does have a one-year contract. <laughs> Brilliant. He's going to be here that long. <laughs> one year left on his contract. So, I, again, that's just a rumor. I don't know. I wasn't there. but Just I, us talking, too. Yes. <laughs> but uh, those were some interesting times around here. But that class was lined up to be yeah. stellar and potentially be like the replacement class that kind of put Carolina in a spot to kind of re-up a little bit after they had dropped off from the three 11-win seasons. And uh, it, it obviously just did not happen. And so then I think you can look back to the the class before that and that class and the guys they, they lost from that class because it was like an avalanche. When Spurrier made the comments about two years, that was blood in the water for other coaches recruiting against Carolina. Like, hey, that guy's not going to be there. So it was fascinating to me, Chris. I know looking back, fascinating is probably not the word Carolina fans would use, but looking back, um, just the how effective that was for other schools to use that against South Carolina. It was. Other guys, uh, looking through kind of the decommitments from that class, Paris Palmer, who ended up going to Penn State. Offensive tackle. Junior college offensive tackle. He was another one. Uh, Chauncey Rivers was another one who ended up being a pretty good player. I think Mississippi State, I think he might have transferred into Mississippi State, but that's where he ended up. He was a pretty good player for them. So the the biggest ones were key, and then that that trio of defensive backs in that class really, really hurt. And you could kind of look down the line those next seasons. South Carolina obviously continued to do pretty well at DB overall, like um, had some struggles at safety in particular. But th- those hurt for sure, particularly with Key, you know, because he ended up being a, a pretty big-time pass rusher at LSU. They could have really used him. But still, yeah. still to this day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to he's, he's balling yeah. to this day. I mean, when you look at they between him and, and him and the other Josh Allen, uh, <laughs> you know, between those two, they some people would consider them the you know two, the probably one of the best tandems of the ends in the at, at least at least. Maybe I would say this: they're the most underrated tandem of DNs for sure. You know, because they're not necessarily, uh, you know, the uh, Bosa and Khalil Mack. They're not mm-hmm. name brand like that. But for value picks, those two are probably the best in playing right now. I've got a comment on the Jaguars, but first, Chris, do you have any? Are there any other guys we need to mention first that are in the category of near misses? 
The ones that got away. Shoot. That are balling right now? I can't think of any guys from the decommitment ranks. I am certain there are some others. There's some near in misses. The, in the, yeah, some near miss guys. Um, but I was thinking about these games, and I'm not, I'm not like the NFL guy that has a team that I'm just like locked into. You know, I'm, I'm more, I pull for guys. Like, you know, I pull for Debo. I, I hope he continues to do well. Um, what? So, the, does the? I'm thinking of this in terms of the Jaguars. There's obviously a pretty strong Clemson. Um, brand there with Trevor Lawrence. Um, ETN is there as well, obviously. Are are we continuing that over? Like Gamecock, I'm really speaking to everyone, like Gamecock fans out there. I I have a hard time finding much to dislike about Trevor Lawrence. Like, uh, very likable guy. And um, I actually really like Doug Peterson too. Like, I, I think, for one, I think he's a phenomenal coach. I thought he was great with the Eagles and got shafted as far as that whole situation and he has them playing well they're a fun team to watch that's one of the best nfl games i've seen in a long time when they came back the other night i watched the entire game i kind of i like pulling for new teams that like haven't been there in a while so plus, you, ju- plus you just came from the stadium you like you, you're familiar with the confines like, <laughs> yeah great stadium mm-hmm. atmosphere from what I could tell on TV, was phenomenal. Are you so? Are you putting your stake in the ground? Maybe at least maybe for this playoff run. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I I'm wondering. Like, so when when Trevor Lawrence's picture came up on the video board uh-huh. at the Gator Bowl, it's actually one of my favorite moments of the day because I thought it was hilarious. Um, he got booed by the uh, Gamecock fans. Hilarious, um, <laughs> except for Wes. He cheered. No, I, did, I did not. I did not. I did not. I started laughing. It's like that is that freaking hilarious. Then I was kind of like, man, it would be even funnier if Trevor Lawrence walked out of the tunnel. Uh, just the reaction <laughs> that he would get. Like the heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starts pumping up the crowd. <laughs> but no, are we... I know we continue the... Oh, yeah, I'm pulling for my guy into the NFL. Do Gamecock fans continue the the dislike? This is a good question because I think it's only if... If you really dislike the dude when he played for the other team. Like, he did something Yeah. with the other... Uh, for instance... I know a lot of Clemson fans like Christian Wilkins, but he is tremendously annoying, <laughs> right? To me, he's just an annoying dude to watch on on another team. Now, maybe I would love him if he played for us, but on another team, it's like, man, get this. He's dancing. He's doing splits. Get him out of here. I'm tired of him. So I can see how, like, there's a personal thing that annoys you about him, but as you stated, I can't really find anything about Trevor. Uh... ATN, I can't find anything. Kind of, I secretly really like the way he runs the ball. <laughs> so, I understand what you're saying about this. It, it, you, you maybe you don't can can you drop the grudge once they go to the league? You also sometimes have some conflicts. So, mm-hmm. like for with the Dolphins, for instance, you have Wilkins get this guy out of here. And, oh, there's Melvin Ingram. Hey, Melvin. <laughs> you wave at Melvin from the TV, point. That's a good and, and then point. like if they combine on a play, you're like, oh, uh, uh, yep. You just have to cut it off. I feel like yeah, at that you point. just don't know that's, what to do with that. That's it, tough. It's four hundred four sixty one hundred. By the way, I want to know are there Gamecock fans out there that are just pulling steady, pulling against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags just because of where he played. And is there a Gamecock fan in Columbia who will admit? Can you be like eh? that? You're pulling. For Trevor Lawrence. And if you're, 
wait, that what if what if you are a Jags fan, and then they go spend their number one pick? Uh, if you're a Jags and Gamecock fan, what where do you how do you bless your juggle heart. this? <laughs> I I know people, and some of them may be in my family, <laughs> who watch NFL games to root against Clemson <laughs> players. <laughs> That's all we'll say for now. Just means more. <laughs> you want you want to take a couple? Can we take calls right now? Um, I'd love to hear what we have up here. It's like Tyler's working the Love Chevy phone line. Can also text Firehouse Subs text. Somebody, line. somebody dropped off on us. They probably called to. Yell about your Trevor take and hung up. Cuss me out. <laughs> Cuss you out. Hey, I've got one though. In the meantime, so this isn't like an, this is an actual gamecock. How about AJ Can? He goes from the Jags, which we saw the other night. Now he's on the Texans. Ooh, sorry, AJ. And he had to weather. He had to weather the whole. He's he's a he was a lifer for the Jags. Yeah, previous. up until then. Ooh. He was there for the rebuild, sort of. Yeah, yeah he's like, we got you here. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're gone. See ya. Watching at home. Yeah, we got some people weighing in on the uh, Firehouse Subs text line. I see the phone ringing on the Love Chevrolet phone lines. We'll get to that on the other side. We'll be right back. The Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. You say you'll never join the Navy. That you never track storms brewing in the Atlantic. And skydiving could never be part of your community. You'd never climb Mount Fuji on a port visit. Or fly so fast, you break the sound barrier. Joining the Navy sounds crazy. Saying never actually is. Start your journey at Navy.com. America's Navy. Forged by the sea. Founded by firemen with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Tyler, West, Chris, and Preston along with you going until 12 o'clock. As we get rolling on this next segment, I do want to give you the chance to win a pair of tickets to tonight's South Carolina men's basketball game as they take on Ole Miss at 6.30 at Colonial Life Arena. Be caller number five, and you can win yourself a pair of those tickets. Go ahead and give us a call now at 803-404-6100. Back over to the guys. What are we talking about? So we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about whether or not is it is it law that you can or cannot cheer for the opposite team's guys in the NFL. Oh yeah, can can we go out to the first caller there, Tyler? That I believe has been waiting patiently. Um, who we got on the line? Kevin. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's you. What's going on? How you doing? Hey, good. So I grew up uh, an Auburn fan. and ended up going to South Carolina. And from a Carolina standpoint, I like Trevor. I mean, Trevor seems like a good guy. He got a raw deal last mm-hmm. year. Um, but, you know, I was rooting for him to have that turnaround season. I mean, he had to deal with Urban last year, for heaven's sake. Um, I like Stetson Bennett. I mean, just to walk on that whole story. Yep. Um, but, but what I struggle with as an Auburn fan and a Miami Dolphins fan is Tua is my quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was an Alabama fan. Now, I still do root for Tua, but yeah, that took me a little while to get used to that one. That's a difficult one. That's probably maybe more, I don't know if it's more deep-rooted, but I know that they are very, those lines are very clear and bright. 
Uh, that would be a tough one to figure, especially if that's your team and those are the guys. And he's not even – that's not on the team. He's the quarterback. Hey, think about when uh, me, Alabama played Clemson for the national title. I mean, I'm sitting here rooting for a tie. I that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that phone call, Kevin. I, I think uh, if the guy is your quarterback, then that 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 is tough. And like you said, Auburn, Alabama, I mean – I know Clemson, Carolina fans get after it, but they're cutting down trees mm-hmm. in that rivalry. <laughs> I poison those trees. Well, I will say, so let's not completely absolve Trevor. I agree. You know, good, okay. good, I like, good, I like good, where we're going. Like I like where, where you're going with going. this. Great dude. Went to Waffle House after they won. Respect it. Okay. He did have the stare down that, that one time. He did. It got lost because in all the points that were being scored by Clemson. <laughs> he had the stare down. Okay. That might count for something for some people, just saying, for some yeah. listening. He does have long flowing hair, which some people, some, but that, that ruffles some people's feathers. They don't like, mm-hmm. they, for some reason, they don't like that. I don't know. I, I personally, it's cool. I like it. But I could see some people be like, oh, get this guy out of here. They did have the hair off between, um, Trevor and, and Justin Herbert. That's yeah, right. and I was concerned with that because I, I thought I thought um <laughs> I overestimated Justin Herbert's hair. I, it was I thought it was better than it was, but when I saw them, Ooh, yeah, it's not even close. Put it side by side. He's not even. Trevor's close. is very well like conditioned. Yeah, and Justin's just as long, but it's there. not. It's not. He's out of here. If I can uh, give you guys some of the ones that've been weighing in on the text line. Enough, y'all can see it over there. <laughs> Charlie says he's a Carolina fan, roots for Trevor at the 51% level. Uh, he does mention that his wife is a Clemson grad. Okay. So there's a little, Family you know, ties. there's an influence there. Uh, see some other ones here. See, oh, this this one hits a little bit home to me. This guy's a Georgia Tech fan, doesn't leave his name, or it's actually Al, a Georgia Tech fan, and he said he hated seeing Matt Stafford throw to Calvin Johnson when they were oh, together yeah. in Detroit, so I can, I can certainly understand that. Uh, I believe it was Chris. I'm having trouble finding the text here, but he says he will root against Trevor Lawrence for a hundred years, no matter what. So no exceptions <laughs> wow. for Chris. Not this Chris, a different, Chris. different, different Chris. one. I, I too am surprised that Al admitted or gave his name being a Georgia Tech fan. Like that's something <laughs> I don't know if I would admit. Um, but I also feel like the Georgia Tech fans would be like, "All right, that's cool, but we're still smarter than you." Yeah, you know, like, yeah. all right, whatever. They'll beat us, but we're smarter. Speaking of Firehouse Subs, they sponsor the text line. Let me tell you all about the sub of the day. Do you all know what it is today? Tuesday. Uh, does it involve guess. something with turkey? It absolutely does. That makes sense. Tuesday, turkey, turkey bacon ranch. And another little subplot to all this, I already ate one before subplot. I came in the studio. <laughs> already. That is the turkey bacon ranch. It is the Firehouse Subs sub of the day. You can get it. At one, any, rather, of the 14 Firehouse Subs locations in the Midlands, go to firehousesubs.com. If you text the Firehouse Subs text line with your takes on Gamecock football or which players you root against or for from your team or another team at the NFL level, you get a link back to order your Firehouse Sub. That's $5.99 for a small, $7.99 for a medium. There's one for every day of the week, Monday through Sunday. Check them out, firehousesubs.com, Rapid Rescue, or the Firehouse Subs app. Wait, hold on, hold on. We got to confirm something real quick. That... So we start the show at eleven. Mm-hmm. Chris is an early arrived guy, so he's yep. been here since ten thirty. Yep. Was that just part of the read, or you really have already? You've already eaten us up. I would today? get fined if I said something untrue. Mm-hmm. So uh, really, I, you already ate, ate a full whole. Yep. It was a medium, wow. not a large. Wow. Split in two. 
Yeah, I, dedication. I, I picked it up at the Main Street location on the way here, and then I ate it like right before we walked into the studio. <laughs> I'm an early, I'm an early riser too. You know, I know. So I know. It's lunchtime. It's really like dedication. his lunch. Yeah, it was lunch. Do we need to take a break, or can we keep giving Chris trouble? You can keep giving Chris trouble through the break, and we'll continue it on the other side. How's that sound? Sounds, Sounds good. good. Sounds good. All right, we're back on the other side to wrap up the hour. Uh, you're listening to 107 the Game, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Makes you smile. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Sounded by Fireman, with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, Tyler West, Chris, and Preston going for a few more minutes up until 12 o'clock. Going to give away another set of tickets really quick as we're wrapping up this hour. Give us a call, 803-404-6100. Again, that's a pair of tickets to go to tonight's men's basketball game as they take on Ole Miss at Colonial Life Arena. Tip-off is at 630-803-404-6100 for your chance to win. Yeah, so coming back in, I, I was I was joking a little bit, but... I think I kind of speak for the fan and just knowing like where what are, what's going on in these next couple of months between now and February because I know some teams are starting spring practice in February now. So what goes on in from December to January as far as the recruiting calendar is concerned? Well, right now, uh, or actually last week, last Friday, the contact period reopened for the NCAA. And we're gonna we're gonna have we to maybe to step define. on this, yeah. So what is contact period? <laughs> Back mean? up, playing like a five. Okay, so the contact period is a time in which college coaches can go out on the road and they can drop by underclassmen schools. They cannot, disclaimer, they cannot technically meet with those prospects. Does it happen? Yes, every single time. I've been a part of some of these non-meetings. The non-meetings. So that is the case for 2024 and beyond. Now, 2023 senior guys or junior college guys or transfer targets, you can go and visit those players at their school, at their home, contrast a contact period with a dead period, which is what they just got out of, that means no in-person contact at all, whether on campus or off campus. You also have a quiet period. That means prospects can come to your campus and have in-person contact, but coaches cannot go out on the road and go to schools or homes. So uh, right now, full contact period. That lasts until January the 28th. All right, then there is a quiet period January 29th through January 30th, so two days. So, in theory, a prospect right before the second National Signing Day, which is on February 1st, first Wednesday of February every year, could take a last-minute official visit or unofficial visit on on January 29th. Uh, but, yeah, so right now, South Carolina's coaches are on the road. Shane Beamer's out on the road really the rest of this month until the dead period or until the quiet period and then the dead period, and then a lot of the other staff members too. So checking in on mostly at this point because the 2023 class is mostly filled out, mostly it's about dropping in at schools of upcoming targets from the 2024 class and beyond. And transfer portal. Transfer portal. Final final plans being made because most schools have a – Add drop date. Uh, forget football. Forget anything athletics-wise. There there are cutoffs for when you can be in class, when you have to be in class by. So uh, for South Carolina, that official date, uh, I believe it's today. So you have transfer portal guys making final decisions as well, which is, I would say, it just adds a whole new layer 
on top of all this. It's, it's, it's almost, at some point, you're going to need a transfer portal um, recruiting department almost separate than your normal one or, or to add even more guys, I think, to track this thing. Because there's three separate recruitings that are happening right now. So some people are finishing up this year's classes. Mm-hmm. You're going out to visit next year or the year after that's classes. And then you also have transfer portal yep. class that is dealing with. So there's three separate sort of recruiting. All right, I'm just trying to get this straight in my mind because it's drastically changed. That's why when anybody asks me, I, I, I played a long time ago, when anybody asked me about recruiting, I'm like, it's totally, it's not, we're not even on the same calendar because at one time this was sort of like official visit time, moving into signing day, et cetera. But that calendar does not exist. So if you're working on that thinking of that calendar, that's not where we are anymore. Yeah, so Carolina hosted three official visitors over the weekend, but all three were transfer portal guys. So for the most part, I mean... I'm not going to sit here and say a, a final guy couldn't just pop up at the end, but for the most part, South Carolina, you would say, is down to, for 2023, uncommitted, unsigned targets. Nick Harbor, of course, five-star, who's going to go down to the, the very final. And then uh, you've got Elijah Caldwell, who's a wide receiver from Northwestern High up in Rock Hill. So really it's two guys that are left as far as high school prospects go. Well, sorry to cut you off. Without please. being, I guess we have to be specific. I I guess I understand Nick Harbor because of the level of recruit that he is, that he Mm -hmm. can wait it out. And I'm not saying specifically about Elijah Caldwell, but what leads other people in these situations to wait until the second signing day? Yeah, with Caldwell, he had a really big senior season. And, you know, I, I think he was hearing, hey, more offers may be coming in late. Some of these guys, you know, your coaches are going to say, hey, man, you need to go ahead and sign. Other times, I think high school coaches will say, you had such a big senior year, you're probably a little late onto the upper recruiting radar, but schools are still going to need guys at your position. In his case, it's going to be a really smart move because he got a late offer from NC State and he got a late offer from South Carolina. So he's really he was committed to West Virginia for, for much of the process, but now it seems like it's coming down to South Carolina and NC State. So sometimes that gamble does not pay off. In this case, he's gotten two of his bigger offers. NC State, I think, was right before the initial signing period, but he didn't really get a chance to go through the process with them, so he was like, oh, I'm going to wait and take a visit. And then with South Carolina, that was actually after the initial signing period that they offered, but he had been given enough indication, I think, that some of these other offers may be coming in. So I think in his case, it's going to be a, a smart gamble to pay off. Um, some guys, though, coaches, I think, are very smart to say, hey, man, you got this opportunity. Let's not lose it. All right, so Chris, when you say the coaches are out on the road, are they going to their – do coaches still operate as far as, like, recruiting territories, areas of states? Is that sort of how it's still broken down? Yeah, it is some of both. So for each prospect, you get six contacts. This is during the contact period, right? So you get six in that particular window, um, which runs for, you know, quite some time. So you got plenty of time to do that. So – For instance, um, you know, you're going to see, say, Jimmy Lindsay, his first coach that came to mind. He's going to have some territory in the state of Georgia that he works as part of his recruiting territory. So, example, last year in his recruiting territory, he had multiple signees that were not his position. Um, Bakari Swain, Jalen Kilgore, they were in his territory. So he will drop by those schools, but he's also going and doubling back to his own positional targets. 
So if there's a defensive lineman in Florida, say, not his recruiting territory, but he's going to go drop by that guy's school if he's an underclassman or he's going to go participate in an in-home or or an in-school visit with that guy as well. So you see some of both. Then for Beamer, of course, you're really having to prioritize because he doesn't have... He doesn't have one position. He has all of them, the entire team. And so you got to kind of prioritize. So when you look at his schedule, you'll see, you know, later in the month, he gets one in home. The head coach gets one. Assistants get six. So he'll save his for Nicholas Harbor strategically. And then he's going to go hit big underclassmen target schools and things like that. Yeah, I, I was like I said, I was part of some of those some of those non meetings at schools, and it would consist of, you know, I'd be like, uh, "Let me get Wes Mitchell. I need you to come down to my classroom for a second. And Wes would come down to the classroom, and he would come sit down, and it would be Coach from X University, and Coach from X University would be talking to me, and he say, "You know, you know, uh, Coach Thorne, we really, really like." <laughs> Really like Wes, and you know, if you ever see Wes, let him know that we really appreciate him. And could you? I don't know how tall he is. Uh, blah blah blah. And so we would have the third party proxy conversation while Wes was in the room, not being contacted because Wes had to come to the room to pick up his test paper, or he had to mm-hmm. come to the room to wipe off their the front board or something like that. But yeah, th- those are those are really interesting. The the non contacts. Oh, I didn't know we were in. I didn't know Wes was in weightlifting during this time period. That's that's amazing how that happens. So those are, this is always a fascinating time period as far as recruiting is concerned. The um, it, it is they went through that charade, and yeah. sometimes yeah, the ones I saw were just like every now and then somebody be like, hey, don't mention this, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we I had a I had a couple that would go through the whole, the whole wow. They, they might have been they might have been the, the NCAA might have been on them pretty hard. They might have been <laughs> making sure they follow to the letter of the law. But a lot of times you just have them in the hallway and just be like, uh, coach, take me down the hallway. Because a lot of times they had never actually seen them. So be like, take me down the hallway yeah. where Wes is usually walking in seventh period and be like. I, I sat there in on one of those one time. Like I was there interviewing a guy and it was just me, the high school staff. One of their players is actually ironically one of the players we were talking about earlier today. And another, I think it was a Georgia coach came in. And he just sat down. Everybody was just chopping it up, uh, hanging out. And then the Georgia coach, it was like it. he realized, oh, wait, this guy's in the media. And he he sort of started getting a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm like, it's fine, man. It's not, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it, it's funny how much that, I'm sure, happens. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Back at it tomorrow, 11 to 12, right here on 107.5 of the game. Thanks for joining us. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next. We're all juggling life, a career, and trying to build a little bit of wealth. The Brown Ambition Podcast with host Mandy and Tiffany the Budget Nista can help. It's time for the B-A-Q-A-A, the B-A-Q-A, what you say, the B-A-A. Brown Ambition question answers. You have questions, we have some answers. We are not your therapists. Nope. That's your financial advisor, your attorney, but we are two smart brown girls when it comes to money, career, business, brown ambition. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.